everybody, check it out. This is episode number 1515, and we have a very special guest. Her name is Jess Crow from Crow Creek Designs. She's an artist, she's a maker, she's a builder, a phenomenal teacher, and wonderful friend of ours. So I just wanna say, check out this episode. She's got some great stuff in here, especially toward the end. We got a little deep and philosophical. She's a wonderful human being. Hashtag epoxy queen. Okay, everybody, I'm gonna do a formal announcement. This is Festool Shop Talk. I believe this is episode 15. And who you see in this frame with me is Jess Crow from Crow Creek Design. Did I get right, Jess? You got it right, yes, sir. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this is funny. I always, I always try to say, I always, when I do a little bit of research, I always try to figure out how I'm going to announce people or introduce people. Uh, I don't think I have to, but I'm going to. Uh, Jess is a maker, an artist, a designer, and very bold letters. She's a good friend of mine. Uh, Yay. Hashtag Epoxy Queen. <laughs> hey, oh. I don't know if I don't know if you saw this, but uh, a few about a month ago, Jess was in our facility at Festool, and her and I did a Festool sedge together. And Jess, did you see uh, Festool Australia reposted it? I did. I, I did happen to see that a couple of days ago, and I thought that was so cool. Australia is such on my bucket list, right? But it was cool. Yeah. So it's on my bucket list to do a Festool live from there. I'm hoping someday. Um, they actually put on their Jess Crow Rockstar hashtag. I thought it was awesome. Hey, they spelled your last name wrong as well. I, you know, I, I mean, I'm not against being related to a super duper famous movie star that maybe wants to give me some money. But unfortunately, last I checked, that wasn't the case. Huh. So uh, Jess hails from Alaska. Is it Anchorage? Yeah, I'm based out of Anchorage. Way cool. That's that's awesome. I, uh, man, it, that's a hell of a heck. Oh, I gotta be careful. That's a heck <laughs> of a flight. <laughs> yeah, so, well, it became even more prominent when I did get to come to the festival event there in Rhode Island not too long ago. Yeah. And so, uh, what was it? Wednesday, I flew from Alaska to Rhode Island. So I left <laughs> here at a red eye at 2.40 a.m. And it is, uh, gosh, I think it's, it's a 10-hour flight time. That doesn't include travel time. 10-hour flight time. Did wow. the event on, what, Thursday? I think the event was Thursday. My yeah. days all kind of bleed Thursday. together. And then flew home yeah. the next morning. Flew home Friday morning. Wow. Man, that's, that's, a, that's a long journey. 10 hours. Okay, so let's open this up. And I know a little bit about you, but how... How did you get started in what you do? Or let's do this. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been doing it. Okay. Is that too much of a loaded question? Uh, no, I mean, I don't think so. We, we, you told me we got all day, right? But I'll keep it down to five minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so growing up in Alaska, right, a, a lot of people, you just kind of, 
learn how to, and I'm sorry, that was really loud. I think that was my computer, but I'm not sure. Uh, you just learn how to build, right? It's just kind of a necessity here, especially for mm -hmm. people who grow up. I've always tinkered. I've always engineered, uh, you know, sticks and twigs were early toys. Uh, flash forward, I actually started really making a career out of making things. Uh, I started doing beadwork, actually, like very huh. intricate beaded collars, like we're talking like Egyptian style collars, uh, huge. Yeah. Uh, I've been nationally published for that. It's a little known fact that a lot of people don't know uh, in magazines. I, and um, I, I, I right? like, know. so do you know, uh, like Savorsky, like they make scopes and crystals and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they have two of my pieces. Um, which is a pretty cool deal. So anyway, so flash forward, uh, then I decided to, because I've had a heavy art background, I started incorporating art into my builds, which, mm -hmm. you know, it started for myself personally, I made a coffee table. I didn't like it in my room. I put it on Craigslist and it just exploded. That was like, oh, people will pay for this stuff. Uh, ah. You know, it was kind of a light bulb moment, oh, yeah. and then from there, it just it just cascaded to the point where now uh, I've I've got you know uh, my epoxy line with Total Boat, and I get to travel across the nation teaching. Uh, I have a heavy emphasis oh. on creative builds. Uh, for instance, this latest series are, is actually as much as I love my festival is uh, no tool tables because oftentimes that's what scares people oh, right wow. out of the gate is yeah. the tools. Yeah. Huh. So that's, hey. that's the quick, quick synopsis. So when I first met you, I think it was down at Rubio Monaco build. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. And uh, you came up to me and you said that you had just secured a build for some folks. I think some tribe in Alaska. Yes. How big was that table? It was huge. So that table I had, I, I mean, just when we had met, I had just gotten approval for the bit. That is a 25 foot uh, live edge birch table. You can see like there's actually, I got stacks of birch right here. Um, yeah. For the people of the Kuskokwim Nation. So Alaska has different regions and uh, different native tribes control different regions. And they commissioned this table in order to the whole purpose of this table was to make sure that the people who sat at it, the CEOs and the, the business people and the CFOs remembered where they came from. So that table oh. has, it was one of the very first uh, geographically correct reverse, like, I mean, a hundred percent geographically correct. It's got the 12 villages, uh, which are each represented by Walnut Ulu. And those are the exact location that those villages are. That's so cool. Um, yeah, that that was very that that was very exciting. That table still is one of my um I have favorite builds and that one's a favorite build for a different reason and it's just because it was it was very challenging. Well, what when we were talking, you had said a couple of things and I was just like, "Wow, that's a humongous table. I had just built two 12-footer live edge 48 wide um for our conference tables here at Festival. But I was so impressed you were taking that on. And it was kind of like you were like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And then you contacted me here and said, hey, do you know anybody at Shaper? And I kind of said, I don't know. I could give you a contact. But what I was impressed with is you said, I'm just going to get one anyhow. And I tried to tell you, 
there's a lot to the shaper, but this is what I was impressed with. <clears throat> I followed you on that build in your stories and your posts, and you nailed it. You just, you are so smart. And, and I know people who get that shaper origin and just let it sit there. You had to use it and you did it spot on. It was perfect. I just want to say that. Now, I have a question. When, <laughs> I know the answer. Now, when you delivered that, that was all one piece? Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that table. Well, yeah. So, first of all, uh, right, go big or go home. So, when I first started doing all of these, like, ocean pours and everything, that was how I actually jumped into the, this, the spotlight there was because my bringing those ocean pours into woodworking. Same thing with the shaper, right? So I have this 25 foot table. I've never used the shaper before. So what am I gonna do now? I've spent months on this table. I'm just gonna cut down the center of it in a machine that I don't know what the heck I'm doing with yet. Uh, turns out I overtaped it, by the way. Like I had tape every inch going down 25 feet. Um, but yes, it was originally designed as one piece because the uh, corporation was gonna hoist it. They were gonna take out a window and hoist wow. it up three stories up into the third floor. Well, last minute, uh, the cost became too excessive to pull out a window, get it mm -hmm. from uh, a shop 40 minutes away. So yeah, um, after all of the epoxy work was done, all of the finished work was done, she had to be cut in half and redesigned. Oh. Oh. Uh, right? So everything is done and now you've got to slice it in half was probably one of the most stressful things build wise I have ever done. Right. Cause if, if the epoxy and all of these, this river that's so important, uh, doesn't line up, we have a massive problem. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, I think you text me or actually called me. I said, whatever cupcake, make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, but the, the best thing is, is we got it done. Uh, it got yep. done. It got, um, it was funny. The, what was the saving grace on that build was, so we have all of these big dudes who are going to, who are, have been hired now, big old moving company. Um, and they're very proud of it. It's a, it's a big Samoan uh, moving company. They're very proud of their strength. And I mean, they're just there yeah. and they're like, oof, right? Yeah. They look at they're like, oh, I don't know why you requested six of us. First, first flight of stairs, they all of a sudden start talking in a different language and they're not looking to be very happy because they're realizing how heavy this thing is yeah. and it's 12 and a half feet long and they have to maneuver it up a stairwell of three flights of stairs. Oh boy. It was yeah, funny. To, I mean, it was those, funny for me. Those, those turns, those 12 footers, man, we were going to take out a window for the second floor that's above me, but I measured it and I actually walked a... Um, a template through, but boy, we just barely made it up that flight of stairs, mm -hmm. and the weight is unreal. Weight is awesome. unreal. So yeah, no, that table was uh, it was it was dynamic. It was a very dynamic table. So, quick question, and, and I'm kind of reflecting back on before we got into the uh, the table. Uh, what was your influence, or did you have an influence? Did you have a mentor, a teacher, to show you how to do this epoxy? You know, because I see sometimes. It's unbelievable. I always go to that one table that has all those salmon in there. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And 
with are you self-taught i am um i would love to say that i had mentors uh that were able to provide me with a lot of skills and and actually as i say that i'm thinking back to it my mentors were the people online um Huh. I would see builds being done and I would just devour all of the information. I didn't know what I was doing. And I think that's actually led to a large part of my success is that I have been able to take all the information of worldwide mentors because I haven't had one here and incorporate that into my own style instead of, I think it's fantastic to have a mentor. I think people who have mentors are very blessed, but it's sometimes you take on the building or the artistic aspect of your your mentor, right? Because it's a style you learn. And the goal always is to develop your own style, but it's a little bit harder when you've got somebody holding your hand the entire way. Um, I think for me, it just kind of let me learn, but learn in my own weird way. (laughs) Cool. Hey, uh, so you created that whole, that ocean pour, those waves on your own. This, is that that's through experimentation or just messing so around with the apocryphy? The ocean waves have actually been around in the artistic form for a really long time. The first person I ever personally saw do it was a lady named Sarah Caldwell, and she is out of uh, Oahu, so she's out of Hawaii. But most artists were only doing it on just little birch panels. So just little bitty uh, things. Having that crossover in the world, uh, I was like, hmm. I had a client that needed a sushi bar. And it was a 16-foot on curve with a 7-foot wing. And they were like, hey, you know, can you make us something cool? It's like, well, I've seen this technique in the art world. You want to try it? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And I was still really, really new to epoxy. This was actually my second epoxy project at all. <laughs> right? So in yeah. the true realm of like the Shaper Cuscoquim, that was what I did was I just took this little bitty technique and translated it to a massive project. Wow. And there was a lot of technical challenges with that because you're working with a lot of epoxy you're working with a lot of colors and anybody who's ever taken a class with me or done the ocean wave realize that there is really a finesse to do it. Uh, but that countertop, man, she's, she's stunning to this day. She's in a bar downtown Anchorage and the, the cascade of the waterfall. And uh, huh. yeah, so that was back in 2019. So that's a, that's a sushi bar downtown Anchorage, huh? Yep. She's sitting at a sushi bar in downtown Anchorage and it just held up like a gem. Do they serve beers there? They do serve beers there. Oh, I might have to go visit. <laughs> I, I mean, that's too live at a sushi bar in Alaska. I don't see what the problem is here. We could do it. <laughs> go big or go home, right? Yes. I, I, you know, I, I've actually said this on Shop Talk before. Uh, there was a time where I would go in and I would be quoting something with my business partner. And when we walk out, he would go, do we know how to do that? And I go, no, but we're going to just find a way. This We had back then, and you're going to laugh, there was no YouTube. <laughs> there was nobody online teaching anything. So, But we, we were lucky because we had like five shops in our, our ice at our neighborhood, but an industrial park. And it was easy. You just you find the information. And nowadays, it's all online, which is great. And speaking of that, you have do you have classes online now? 
I haven't done classes online yet. And uh, I, I have tutorials and stuff. But part of the reason I haven't done classes online is one, I try to provide as much information on my social channels that can at least make people feel somewhat empowered. But um, quite frankly, I haven't had time. Because uh, I've I, between my bills, my regular bills, I haven't had time to develop an online class. And so my bills, uh, the epoxy line, and then teaching across the nation, like in-person classes, has been enough to keep me pretty hopping. Man, I know after you left uh, the Festool uh, Build Better uh, product show that we had, you were heading to, man, you've been a couple places, but you were just down in Texas, weren't you? Yeah, I was just down in uh, San Antonio and Austin. Uh, so let's see, I got oh, back cool. from Festival on a Friday. And on Tuesday, that following Tuesday, I headed to Texas for classes. Wow, man, you're mm -hmm. always teaching. Man, I gotta, I'm going to call you out because I saw you at WorkbenchCon. And I was so impressed. You know what I'm going to do? I walked into the room you were teaching. I think there were 40 adults. And you were talking, and you had 40 adults going like this and stirring their epoxy. And they are listening to every word coming out of your mouth. I'm just like, now that is a good instructor. And uh, But I went to another seminar after that. But I figure someday I'll go to one of your classes. You know, when you so, have time for us little people. That. Oh, you behave. You behave. You're the one who's too busy. Now, really quick. You have your own line of epoxy through Total Bolt, right? How did that I come do? About? And, and the one more question: Are all epoxies created the same? And when I say that, because I used to use the one down in the boat industry down in Fort Lauderdale, so I don't know. So easiest answer is no. Not all epoxies are the same, and not all epoxies, even if you've got, uh, let's say, a bar top and a tabletop, which are traditionally ones that you're going to use as a coating, they right. could be manufactured completely different. And a lot of epoxies are um, epoxies that have been around for a really long time, but they haven't, they've done some relabeling, but they haven't done any restructuring. So you're still dealing with ambering and yellowing, which is really frustrating for a lot of uh, folks that are new to epoxy to deal with. Huh. Uh, so that's the quick and easy answer. My biggest thing, my biggest thing that I want people to learn, read the directions. You have to read the directions. In class, we, we uh. pound this in your head because it is so important. The difference between a two-to-one high performance, a one-to-one tabletop, a, uh, an art epoxy, a three-to-one thick set. Now there's even huh. these new ones that you have to pour even deeper. So it's, it's a really complex huh. thing, and people get frustrated when you've spent $6,000 on some slabs, then you've got them all prettied up and they're ready to go and you dump $100 in epoxy in there and you've just, oh, yeah. you've destroyed them. It'd be just because oh, yeah. you didn't read the directions. Um, yeah. That's a short answer. Uh, Maker Epoxy was developed, uh, that countertop actually, so I had done that in 2018, late 2018. And I went to my very, you mentioned workbench. I was terrified. I went to my very first workbench in February of 2019. Uh, I didn't know anybody. I had a very, very teeny tiny following at that point. I was just afraid. I was a wallflower. Yeah. You have, and uh, I met Total Boat there. And um, Total Boat is, is just an amazing company. They're based out of Bristol, Rhode Island. Uh, yep. I think they're coming up on 76 or 78 years in the business. So they've been around. Jamestown wow. Distributors has been around for a really long time. Oh, I know that. Uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. You know, just that company. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Um, I've been there. I, I taught a class there. I'm sure you did like ten. Class. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe ten classes. <laughs> but we just developed this relationship, and it led to uh, trying to find a crossover, right? So art epoxies. Going back to epoxies, art epoxies are beautiful. They're crystal clear. They accept yep. color beautifully, and they have a longer pot life. So that's the time that A and B touch, and the the amount of time you have to work with them. They traditionally have about a 60 minute pot life. However, huh. you can almost always put your fingernail into it, even it fully cured and it'll leave an impression. Oh. Then you have like high performance and uh, uh, deep, uh, sorry, thick sets. Those uh, are super duper strong. Like those are the ones that are traditionally used for furniture and laminating and boats and skateboards right. and surfboards and all of this stuff. Oh. Um, so Maker Epoxy was a blend of all of those things. It was a blend of all of the goodness, all of the clarity, all of the strength, the extended huh. pot life. So it just, it, Total Bolt made it easy on me, to be honest. They have ended up being such a, a huge supporter and they listened to the maker community and the builder community. That, that was what got me, right? There's a lot of companies out there, but these guys, no joke, actually want to see all of us succeed. That is so cool. That is so cool. Hey, okay. So I got a question. You have some fest tool. I got to bring it around to fest tool just for a second. Yeah, no, no, okay. no. Let's do it. So let's what was it. what was your first fest tool? Oh, this that. was my first fest tool. Look at her. No, no way. This is my very that, first one. That is so cool. That is an RTS 400. 400 before that used to be the RS 400 and that I bought that Santa back in the RS 400 in 2014 yeah, yeah no uh, 2004 no 2004 I bought my first RS but then we changed it to an RTS I want to say that, that I bought that probably in uh 2017 2018 Ah, gotcha. Right around huh. there, because that that was that was the very I, I I bought that, and then um and that was because that was the pivotal point where I actually started doing more custom builds. That was the really the start of doing that, and I needed yeah. a good sander. I didn't know anything about Festool at that point. I did. I went into the hardware store, and as um you know, as a good shopper would do, I looked at the most expensive product on the market versus the cheapest product on the market. <laughs> I was like, oh, surely this one must be good because it's, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit bougie. Yeah, it's got nice coloration. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Too cool. So, did you so that it? was my introduction. Did you, did you get it with a dust extractor or just the sand? I didn't at the time, actually. I did not get it with the dust extractor because, um, you know, and, and said, you know me, I'm always honest, right? Like, I, yeah. I couldn't afford both at the same time. It was like, huh, one or the other. The Sanders got good reviews. I'm standing there Googling, you know, what Festool is, and I'm Googling what the difference is and why I should pay more money for it. And I obviously clearly decided that it was worth the investment to have yeah. because I really needed a good finish. Um, sure. So... At the time, I was just using another red and black uh, dust collector type thing that I had at the shop. Uh, but it only took me, I want to say, about another three months before I went back and got the dust collector. 
to to go cool. with it, which is the one I still have. I back over there. Then uh, from there, as I started building more and more tables, then I needed to make another choice. I actually really waffled between, eh, do I want a track saw or do I want a domino? Um, uh, so my next purchase was the the Domino XL was the one that I bought. Go big or go home. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh my god. Wow. That's awesome though. And you have a track saw now, right? Yeah, I have a track saw now. Um, track 75 or 55. Yeah. You can kind of see the track leaning up against oh. the wall right there. Right. Oh, There's there the track. Yeah, I, I like how it's like getting all up post. in your face. <laughs> so out of all three of those tools, which one's your favorite? Oh, uh, I'm going to just have to stick with my sander, right? Like, I love, uh, uh, it's so uh, hard because the track saw is, is newer to me. So I've only had it five or six, five months or so now. And cool. uh, actually in my post today, uh, I'm sharing the track saw that it's in my, it's in my reel today because of the uh, super secret mystery build that I've been teasing everybody with. Um, however, I think that the sander for me is, is such an integral tool of mm -hmm. that. Um, and, and it's silly, right? Because the no, track saw is phenomenal. The, the track saw is absolutely phenomenal. Like I could never go back to using something else now. I mean, I could if I was forced to, but I would do it kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. The sander, even this model that I've had for all these years, still gets me a better finish. Like if I'm in somebody else's shop and they've got some brand new uh, sander, it's a different type of tool. The finish quality that I'm able to get with this and also just with like the sand, the Festool sandpaper, I can't beat it. So it saves me so much time. You know, it's just, yep. it saves me a lot of time. The quality right out of the gate is so nice. Wow. Okay. So tell me if this is a little too personal. Okay. Okay. I'm very I have been... I have been watching you build this amazing dream shop up oh, in Alaska. Yeah. Okay. I mean, amazing. I, yeah. I, oh, my God. It's, it's phenomenal. But did I hear you're looking to go to Idaho? So, yes. Uh, yes, my How shop, can you my shop is shop my dream up? shop. Oh. Um, so, the shop is a dream shop. She's, she's a miracle trust building. She's a uh, 40 by, by 58. Uh, she is oh. designed. I mean, my workbenches are five foot wide by 25 foot long. I've got mm. an epoxy. This back here is actually a finish room that you can go do all of your pours in. I've got this huge loft um, over in this side. So there's the finish room. Uh, over towards that direction is, I mean, I've got drop cords for days. She's got her own two, I mean, 200 amp service dedicated. My, my oh. goodness, this baby, she is a dream. However, uh, people who follow me are aware of this, right? And uh, I, I take a lot of crap actually from the safety police because of the rings on my fingers. Um, and they think they're just like some, honestly, I'm going to be quite frank, some chick wearing jewelry. She doesn't know how to use a chop saw. You know, doesn't she know the dangers of jewelry with power, power tools? Um, my youngest daughter and I have a condition called Ehlers-Danlos, which is a very rare connective tissue and collagen disorder. And these actually are splints that hold my fingers in place. They're, they're braces. My youngest daughter has this. 
And this all ties in really, really quickly here that a promise made is a promise kept. Uh, and I promised her that if she, um, if she found some goals, uh, without getting super complicated in here, if she found some goals and some ways to, to look forward to uh, a life ahead of her, that I would move wherever she wanted to start that life to give her a head start. She didn't really, she hasn't had a head start. She hasn't had much of a lot. Oh. About a year ago, well, about 11 months ago, she said she started considering going to college, which is a really big deal. And it didn't matter if it was college. She, she, I told her she could have been a pizza delivery person in Thailand. Go, I'd go to Thailand, <laughs> right? Like it, she wanted to go into the church, whatever she wanted to do, I would make sure that her first year was something that was within reach. Uh, she came to me about 11 months ago and said that she would like to apply to college in Idaho. And um, then she applied and then she got in. And so promise made is a promise kept. It's just a shop and I can build another one uh, painfully, slowly, and apparently six times more expensive. Thank you, economic region. But a promise made is a promise kept. But you'll be closer. I'll be so closer. I, I will cut time off of my flight. And we can hang out more. Yes. I'll come, I'll come help you build it. I'm really good at building stuff, kind of. Okay, so so you just said that on a live that I can record and oh. use later on as picture oh. proof that Sedge oh. is going to come oh. help me build the shop. Oh. Oh. I said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, absolutely. You need help. I'm there. Hey, you want to know something? Idaho is one of the, I think, eight states that I haven't been to yet in the in the U.S. Um so I'm I'm excited. I'll come visit and watch everybody. It's really beautiful. Stuff. Yeah, watch everybody here sit there with hey. a drink, and you're just gonna be like, "Hey, I'm the foreman." So I, you know, when I saw you building the shop up in Alaska, I was like, "Is she gonna have classes there? Is she gonna make her own school?" And you know, being in Idaho, that's a lot easier. I'm just putting a thing in your head. You probably are already thinking about it, but boy, you could have a nice school there as well, couldn't you? With the right size shop. I could. I could definitely do a school there. I am fortunate enough that Idaho has been um, been kind of a staple for me for the last four years as I've, you know, just I've got family and stuff down there. Um, they have a wonderful makerspace that just started actually uh, a couple stores down from the local woodcraft that's there, the uh, Boise Woodcraft. And I've already been teaching in there in Idaho. Um, so I haven't decided yet. I'm actually a pretty private person. Um, mm -hmm. I have waffled on. Uh, this is my sanctuary. Um, yep. This is oh, where I, I, I escape. So it's been asked a lot, but I haven't decided yet. If that's something that I want to do is um, like bring people to me versus go somewhere. Exactly. Right. <laughs> do this. <laughs> You're going to get a t-shirt that it's just going to be like a weird finger inside a cup. And it's going to be like this. <laughs> Every time I see you. <laughs> I think seriously, I'm going to go back to it. That's the power of a fantastic instructor. When you can take, especially adults, and you can take them and have them hanging on every word. They want, they want to absorb that knowledge. And I, for me, I was blown away what you were doing in that room. It was awesome. How many, how many classes did you do that uh, over those few days? Over those few days, I had two. Uh, so we, it was a two-day event. 
I believe I had only two classes, uh, two classes, but those were 40 to 50 people in each class. Now, oh. traditionally, when I'm, you know, doing my my traveling at all of the, the national woodcrafts, the local woodcrafts, the franchisees, um, we have had anywhere from eight, uh, I think Tennessee so far had the record, I think we had eight classes over five wow. or six days of 15 wow. people a piece just I mean yeah I was back to back slammed went from Nashville to Chattanooga and we're getting ready to do it again in October um, oh the sap the saps are wonderful people. yes they're absolutely they are. I, mean, I have to say the Woodcraft franchise franchisees and a corporate have been an absolute blessing the owners are just amazing the store managers yeah. are amazing uh, like I said, San Antonio in Texas, that's just where I was. Um, yeah. You know, got to see the solders and stuff. And Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a very dynamic. And of all the things that I thought I would be in my life, a teacher was not one of them. I am actually quite afraid of people. Um, and, yeah. You're a natural. You're really good at it, Jeff. Well, thank you. Hey, I, I, I um, figure it doesn't lame if I can hold people's uh, attention. As soon as I say we have a PowerPoint, I can just all inwardly see everybody go like this. But I, I can honestly oh, they say look... that they all pay attention. That is where all of the information is, is coming from. Hashtag epoxy queen. It's such a weird. <laughs> oh, God. It's so weird. <laughs> There's just, just there's, thinking, there's so much behind that that I, I can't you, I can't talk about just yet yeah. like in a public forum but there's some things yeah. coming up. Yeah, and and the cool thing is is you have created such a a brand for yourself with Crow Creek Designs and everybody uh, that just knows that you are such an amazing artist and your medium just happens to be epoxy and wood and you know mm -hmm. structural pieces. Okay, so I just I'm just blown away about teaching. How many classes do you think you teach a year? Um, how many classes do I teach a year? So I I can tell you that we're in 2022. So for all of 2021, I was booked twice a month across the nation with sold out classes at different locate different. They were all uh, either conferences or Woodcraft locations, I did 147,000 flight miles in 2021. What? Yeah. Uh, wow. Teaching, and it was a huge honor. And um, we're already now starting to book into 2023 because I'm, I'm booked for the rest of the year. Um, so on average, I'm teaching anywhere from 80 to 125 students on any given month, depending on how many classes we can fit into a location. That's phenomenal. So it's uh, amazing. Wow. That's just awesome. So on social media, how do you use it? Uh, I mean, and when I say that is you use it to promote, of course, but um, I, sometimes I see some of your stories and you ask questions that are quite philosophical. You know, you know, I, I just I get tripped out uh, by it because I think it's cool and you really engage the community. What do you think you get from it? I get not feeling alone, right? So I have. Um, ah, I, I, but, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, it it, it actually is. It's it, it's 
when I first got started on social media, I was really late to social media. I didn't start it until I was what, 38, 39 years old, which, you know, when I'm competing, right? Like you're, I know you're only in your twenties and that's hard for you to understand because you've been doing this for so long, but a lot of people have been doing uh, YouTube and Instagram for, you know, since they were in their twenties. So a lot of my peers and a lot of my coworkers are people who are honestly the same age as my oldest daughter, who is 26. Mm -hmm. um, I thought hashtags were things that kids did to be super annoying, like <laughs> hashtag mom. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. It's the pound sign. It's not a hashtag. It's the pound sign. <laughs> it's the pound sign. <laughs> um, but I, I, I felt like I needed to really conform to the way that particularly, honestly, women oftentimes were portrayed in the trades, right? Like ah. on a calendar, or if you're yep. doing um, a, if you're doing a build, you need to be dressed to the nines and you need to look really pretty for that proper angle. I quickly realized that I was either going to have to spend time getting ready or I was going to get work done. So I decided to get work done and go back. Like I'm uh, today I waffled. I'm like, do I have to do my hair today? Can I just put on a hat? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I had a little bit days. of time, right? I had a little bit of time, so I, I did my hair. Um, but those connections, ah, dumb ear pod thing. Um, those connections and those questions are just things that are on my mind, right? Like, so I don't feel alone when I ask people, hey, did this build fail for you? Did you have something go awry? Or, hey, I out there realize that there's they're not alone but that's it that's where those questions come from is from real life like why do we need to always act like everything is super perfect because then people won't build if they feel that their uh, nearest competition is somebody who's going to be able to outbuild them every day to outpace them every day we end up feeling like why bother and right. that's and where those uh, questions come from yeah i'm kind of when it comes to social media i'm the old man around here and I just embraced it. I had to change, and I did. And I just love it. I have met so many great people. And guess what? You're one of them. Yay. <laughs> it's just, You're running I don't think, I don't, I don't know if I would have met you if it wasn't for social media. Just maybe we would have, we would have run across each other somehow, but it's just really cool. And I just, I just love Instagram. I love YouTube. I think everybody knows that. Okay, so just one or two more questions before this phone dies on us. Um, right now, what are your biggest struggles? What do, you, what do you think your biggest struggles are? Uh, I still, and again, in keeping with that full transparency, I still struggle with feeling like I'm not um, as, as good as I could be potentially, right? Like you're your oh. own biggest competition. And every oh, yeah, day, sure. um, particularly when you're on social media, you know, there's always that feeling that um, somebody comes out of blue, the blue, and they've got from zero to a million YouTube subscribers. And now all of a sudden you've been forgotten. So that is probably one of my biggest personal struggles is making sure that I am aware that I am running my own race. Um, and I need to be mm. mindful of that because otherwise it can drag you down. Then uh, the next biggest struggle that I'm adapting to is where do I want to be? Do I want to do custom builds? Do I want to navigate back to where I'm just uh, building stuff 
and I'm just selling it because it's my signature mm -hmm. line. And mm -hmm. those are, those are two things right now that are giving me a bit of a pause as I'm trying to navigate where I belong. Yeah. You just, but you're such a good teacher too. And I know how much time that takes. It's the yes. travel there. It's the travel back. But I don't think what people realize when you teach a class, all the front end prep to it. And yes. that is a huge time, um, as I say, spiral. Huh. And, and yeah, you're 100% because... right, because I the prep beforehand. And like, as soon as I stop teaching a class, it doesn't end. That's actually where most of the questions oh. come from is the follow-up emails. Oh, yeah the follow-up messages, uh, uh, you know, all of this stuff that the students oh, yeah. who have been blessed with being in my class go home and then they're like, oh my gosh, I want to build this project. How do I do that? So I spend weeks responding to questions after a class. Um, mm, you know, gratefully. Individual. <laughs> yeah. No, you're such a giving individual. You know, I never want to upset somebody that I, I don't want to blow anybody off because I want to, they have questions, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure you give people that time, for sure. It's important. It's a, uh, there are boundaries. So I've, you know, I had to learn boundaries. But at the same time, it's really important that people feel empowered because you never know who you're going to have an impact on. Uh, someday I'll, I'll tell you a story about that. Uh, yeah. it, was a, it was really cool because this person became in a phenomenal artist. And when they were just beginning, they asked my opinion on something. And I said, you know, that's, that's okay. It, it needs a little bit more work. And somebody next to me said, that was so ugly. Why didn't you just tell that person? I go, that could have hurt that person's feelings. And you never know. And then she dropped woodworking and carving. And she became one of the most Un I own pieces of her artwork in my home. It's unbelievable. She just had to find her way, right? And yep. shame on someone that doesn't coach somebody through that sees a little bit of artistic aspiration. So I just wanted to impart that to you because she's a wonderful artist down in Fort Lauderdale. But so actually, you know, I, I will, I'll, I'm going to pause you because that's something really important. One of my slogans has been always been build more than furniture. And there's a very big reason for that. And this is super short. You could take anybody, anybody, and, and that you're going to build a table with them, anybody. But you're going to do the table and, and you're going to do the table from concept. Then you're going to do concept design, collecting all the bits and pieces for it, planning the build, the architectural, then you're going to do the build. Then you're going to finish the build. Then you're going to sell the build. Then you're going to do follow-up. Along that right. process, you will find a strength in somebody. They might suck uh, at building, but they might be phenomenal salesmen. They might suck at being a salesman, but their architectural mind can design things all day long. So in oh, that great. process of building a table, you can absolutely find a skill that you can hone in on. And it might have nothing to do with building, uh, nothing to do with building but it could be their math or their selling or their eye for color or anything. So seriously, we need to focus on building more than furniture when we're, when we're teaching people. Cause just like your just story right there, she didn't turn Absolutely. out to be a woodworker. She's an artist. Absolutely. Everybody has their strength. And the last thing I ever want to do is hurt somebody's feelings. Mm -hmm. Everybody has something 
in them to give to this world. Okay, so that was me being a little philosophical. Hey, check you out. <laughs> you betcha. Hey, um, before this phone cuts out on us, Jess, I'm going to say thank you for being here with us today. Um, really quick, was there a question I should have asked? Uh, I don't know. I know. I feel okay. like it's the only question I can't ask. It's, it, well, okay, no, you have to leave me with something like good. Like, we got to leave with something meaty. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to think of something. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Uh, how about this? Um, if you, out of all of that stuff that you got going on in the background there, right? Like all those sustainers that all of us oh. are just sitting here like drooling over. Yeah. I know I'm going to flip the tables on you because you and I, this is the way we roll. If you yeah. could only pick one festival item that goes to bed with you and it's the last thing on a deserted island with you, what is it going to be? PS55 REQ, uh, the track saw. That is my... Is it your little like you coddle it? That is my tool. I I can't help it. I get giddy every time I use it. That track saw is awesome. It it's the it's a cross grain cut on plywood with the track. It's a full system, zero little or no dust, but the quality of cut that that PS fifty five produces is unreal. And, and I'm everybody, not going to deny that. That's a really good question. And people have asked me, what's your favorite festival tool? I'm supposed to say all oh. of them. Okay. But, well, find that. What's your not favorite okay. then? Uh, I don't have any of those. So you and Doc Wright both asked me a question, which was really cool. <laughs> Doc was asking me, hey, when can I get this? I heard it's, uh, I heard it's out of stock. I go, okay, Doc, thanks. <laughs> All right, Jess, we know where to find you at Crow Creek Design on Instagram. Also, Crow Creek Design dot uh, com, correct? Yep. Uh, basically, I'm in that strange point in my life. If you just Google Jess Crow, all my information comes up. That's so wicked awesome, kid. Hey, it's, it's, it's uh, cool. I just want to say thank you so much. I get to hang out with you quite a bit this year. Hopefully, I get to hang out with you a little bit more this year. Um, Everybody go check out uh, Jess's artwork, uh, furniture. Uh, it's, something to, it's something to relish, as I should say. So thank you so much, Jess Crow. Well, thank you so much, Brian Sedgley and Festool USA. <laughs> okay, everybody, that's going to wrap it up. Jess, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, I'll talk to you soon in Idaho. Uh, later.